Hey everybody, this is John of Gazidi Interactive here with another episode of Community Talks. Today we have Lana Lee from Zora joining us and I uh, hope you enjoy the conversation. Hi Lana, uh, thanks for us joining us today and uh, really happy to have you here, part of the Gazidi Interactive Community Talks podcast. Uh, today we're going to be going over talking about the, the day in the life of a solo community manager. Oh, so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so why don't you uh, start off and just uh, give us a little bit of a background about, about you. Uh, so about me, um, actually, so my background is actually I was an engineer for 15 years. And then um, I was always interested in communities and I didn't realize it because when I was in the cubicle, I would just be really bored and I would answer questions on meetup.com. And then suddenly they made me a moderator and gave me like free, a free subscription and in lieu of that. So I was like, sure, sounds great. And then fast forward, I didn't realize that I could actually do this as a career and get paid for it. So I was just like, this sounds great because I hate engineering. So I'll just quit and become a community manager. It's so a common, I, common story, right? Yeah. A lot of community managers kind of fall into it. Yeah. You can't really get like a bachelor's in community management at university. No. So, no. so yeah. So that's how it just fell in my lap. And here I am. Nice. And, and and how long have you uh, been at Zora now running their community? Um, I have been at Zora since, let's see, I started in November 2015. So uh -oh. almost five years, maybe a little over four years. Yeah, five, four or five years. That's a, that's a good amount of time. Yep. I was, uh, I was reading some research the other day. They were saying that the average uh, age of a community is six years old now. That's a, what do you think about that? Oh, I hope not because... I, I want a job. I want to keep my job. Right. But then the thing is, it's like, I think it's always good to, um, no, 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 not the average length of your job, but the average age of a community. Oh, now. the average age. Oh, okay. when you started That's at Zora, it was, it was one, right. Your community. Yeah, is so basically I'm sort of like a teenager or yeah, a teenager right. about to, you know, go to college. Totally. I think somebody. some of the older communities have about 15, years about the oldest one I've okay. seen out there, you know, with yeah. most of them falling in the six or seven year range. So it's yeah. definitely interesting to see how communities mature, right? Oh, yeah. How do you, because how do you think you've seen everybody's jumping on the, yeah, everybody's jumping on the community bandwagon nowadays. Oh, definitely. So, Especially yeah. in light of today with the remote work and mm -hmm. uh, telecommuting, it's definitely critical, but uh, I was just interested, how do, how do you think, or how have you seen uh, communities evolve over the last five years? Um, over the last five years, mostly communities have been, you know, Q&A, like, you know, this something's not working. It, it was very focused on support. But then um, there wasn't a lot of um, talk on strategy. I mean, maybe some people ask, ask questions on, about strategy, but there wouldn't be very many people there answering questions willingly, you know, because they'd just be happy on their merry way, just doing their own thing. But I think gamification has taken a limelight. So that's become really popular as well. And just the focus on like um, incorporating product within communities and things like that. Yeah, gamification was always a big thing. Why don't you, you know, tell us a little bit about your gamification setup? I think everybody would really love to hear like how do you how do you approach gamification for your community? Is it it's just is it straight just points for points for activity or do you do any other uh, recognition systems or anything like that? So um, what, what Well, 
because our product is pretty unique, it's not like, I think I read somewhere in an article, it's just like, you know, um, it's like a vacuum cleaner community. People go to the, the community to talk about when their vacuum cleaner is broken. They don't talk about vacuum cleaners all day. So um, for us, it's like, I would like to have it be a little more fun, but um, I do have a super user program. I have about um, five or six gurus, we call them gurus. And so they're like global because the thing is we deal with um, billing and finance. So, yeah. you know, it's U.S. as well as, you know, we have a couple from Europe. So, you nice. know, billing in Europe is not the same as the U.S. So that's no. why I just like, I like getting a full breadth of um, different users from different areas. And so how I um, talk to them is I touch base with them because, you know, they, they can have access to a lot of internal folks, a lot of the other internal gurus as well. So I have like an internal super user program as well for the people that adopt the community. So in a way that, you know, our internal folks like to talk to customers and the customers like to talk to, to Zora. So it's a win-win situation. And I have a good breadth of who's who's in there. Nice. Have you ever uh, thought, I've been hearing, uh, I was at a conference the other day and people are really talking a lot about uh, cabs or customer advisory boards are become, coming back as a resurgent. Mm-hmm. Have you ever uh, gotten your champions together as a group to talk? Um, yeah, we usually meet at our conference at subscribed and, um, nice. we usually plan like, you know, a VIP reception or a dinner. And so like whenever they get on the call, like they say, Hey, how's it going? You know, and stuff like that. So they're kind of familiar with each other. So it's always nice. Cause it's just like, especially when I'm a solo community manager, it's like, I have instant friends, <laughs> instant yeah, like, cool. like sort of coworkers that aren't really coworkers, but it's always nice to have like a supportive team, especially when they're customers who want the best for your community to be in your corner and be rooting for you. Those guys are critical, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and, and I guess the in-person meetings are, are really uh, in person to get that face and make that deeper connection, right? Oh yeah, for sure. So, yeah. um, How do you think you're going to handle that now with, uh, you know, with not conferences being closed down and in-person events being limited? Are you uh, trying to come up with any uh, alternatives or have you thought about that uh, or anything else you think other community managers might want to think about? Um, I'm definitely going virtual and because like the community is online, it's just like, it's a familiar territory for me. So, um, you know, the other departments are sort of freaking out. The ones that um, rely on face-to-face, you know, like the the sales engineers or marketing, they rely on face-to-face interactions because nothing trumps face-to-face, you know, but um because my world is usually online, it's like, um, I'm sort of thinking like, well, this is my time to shine. You know, I give the, the example of an avocado, you know, when you go to the store, it's too hard. You're like, oh, this isn't ripe. Then you bring it home and you have like those, that three day window when it's just perfect. You have to use it then. Otherwise it turns brown and mushy. So right now I'm in the ripe phase where it's just like, now's the time to push the online community. Um, I have, um, I'm starting the community chapters. And those are like user groups that wanted to meet in person within their region. But because everyone is in the same boat, um, it's good to, I'm pushing the virtual events because you can cast a wide net of a lot of people. So like, um, for example, um, there's a customer in Lincoln, Nebraska. She says, there's never going to be a face-to-face user group in Lincoln, Nebraska for me, you know, but then she can always hop on in the virtual event yeah, and she can no, connect people that way. And then like, you know, I subscribed, you know, not probably not this year, but, you know, at a future event, or even like once this all calms down, they're going to want to do in-person events, then we could sort of like get people together and they could be like, oh yeah, 
I remember talking to you. I recognize you and your story. So then it breeds a little familiarity. Yeah, totally. I think myself, I'm, you know, podcast one thing here, but, you know, we're going to be trying to do maybe do some town hall uh, Zoom meetings with people, at least uh, our customers, so we can all kind of get together a little bit and yeah. have that, you know, virtual user group. I think those, yeah. those, those were like a user groups are a core staple of community, right? Oh yeah. And it's always good to vary it up. Like not always have in person and not always have virtual, you know, it's just mm-hmm. like, I think of um, when you create community programs, I just think of, you know, being a um, television program manager, you know, like you see on those, like, you know, um, local TV shows of like, you know, PBS or something behind the scenes, you get to like plan your own program programming. Yeah. So you can have yeah. like a user group. Um, you can have, I mean, I don't know if you've seen this movie, but you know, Weird Al Yankovic had a movie called UHF where he like, oh, had yeah. This, <laughs> yeah. So he was like trying to have different like shows and stuff like, and so it's just like that kind of thing. You have to have different programming for different people. Cause you know, different strokes have different folk, like different folks and different strokes, you know? So some sure. people, they respond online, like introvert. Um, some people, they like, you know, meeting in person extrovert, you know, and some people are on the fence of little both. So it's good to have a variety of different types of programs. Yeah, geez, all over the place with different things. I guess that's the life of yeah, yeah. a community manager, right? Is uh, lots of things happening at lots of different times. What What is uh, another area that you're kind of been focusing on a little bit right now? Um, right now, the chapters have been my main focus. Um, I'm also thinking about... Um, just trying to clean up the area to trying to optimize um, the content. And so, um, you know, trying to go in and make things because like, as you know, like we use um, search unify for our search. And so then basically we have our own little, you know, internal Google, so to say. So it's just like search engine optimizing the content. So people can find their content quick and easy. And so they can just get their answers and move along with their daily jobs. And also, um, yeah, things like tag that. Right? Tag yeah. management. Add your tags, people. One just thing. optimizing. And then because, you know, <laughs> like people ask questions different ways. They use too many words sometimes. And some people don't use enough words. And, you know, you got to see what people are looking for to hit that sweet spot. Uh, so I guess uh, one last question we'll talk about was, uh, is uh, how do you view community and your employees and how's your employee adoption around in communities? Um, that's another big component, right? Is yeah. I always said the more employees you have on the community, the more community members you can have. Yeah. Right? And the thing is, I think I have a lot of eyeballs from internal. I remember my first year um, as a community manager, I had to, because with our product, there's no way I can go in and answer the questions because each area has its own subject matter expert, you know, um, highly specialized. It's really specialized. And I wish I could answer the questions, but I can't like, I know what each word means, but together I have no idea, <laughs> but like yeah, you're um, the middleman, right? I always yeah, said that you're, you're yeah. the go-between, right? <laughs> yeah. So the first year I spent a lot of time, um, internally promoting cause that's a difficulty. I have to do internal promotion as well as external because we always get new customers all the time. So we have to make them aware of the community, but also internally because we also get new people on board. And so, um, and also people just get bogged down by the day to day. So they may forget about community that it's a resource. So in, in a way it's like as a community manager, I work with pretty much every team within Zora. So I have to understand how each one of them works. And so, um, fortunately I spent a lot of time, um, just like taking them out to coffee or lunch. Cause you know, when you go out to coffee or lunch, inevitably you talk about work and 
what's, what's, what sucks in your day that, you know, that day or something. And I can be like, Oh, I know how to fix that. Have you thought about this in the community? I can totally help you make your job easier. You know, so I work that angle and stuff like that. So it's just, and also making a list of how each, um, each group can use the community or can benefit from the community. I used to, one of my, one of my earlier communities, I used to have a sheet of paper in front of me. It had names and like topics and like where they reported to, right? Right in front of me. Yeah. So I would just see the keyword. They said database. I'd be like, okay, that's Phil, right? And then yeah. I, would, I would report it off to them because there was, you know, at my company, there was a lot of, it was at NetApp and there was a lot of different topics, right? To cover. So it's definitely hard to scale. So we're coming up to the last couple of minutes. Uh, want to give you a, ch- a chance to say a, a, a little tip, uh, a tip you can give to other community managers out there, other solo community managers out there uh, to help them, uh, you know, in their day to day. In your day to day, I would say probably early on use a task manager. So at least like um, you can keep all your tasks there because, you know, if you don't get the job done, no one will. So just in case, because it's like, like, suppose I got hit by a bus tomorrow or something, then at least like the community won't die. But also (laughs) like um, the task manager is good because people can see exactly what you're doing. Because a lot of times people think, oh, community is easy. You just go in and answer questions and it's not hard. But then when you, they actually see. And what tool do you you like to use? A recommendation? I like Asana. You like Asana? I've used Asana before. It's very good. So then at least like you, they can see the whole list of all the things that you're doing and they realize it's like, oh my gosh, because we're the, we're the, we're the silent warriors. We fight behind the scenes, you know? Yes. And so then the thing is like, they don't realize just how much work that we do. So then then you could use that as leverage to possibly um, hire someone new or even hire a hybrid type of worker. So. Yeah, for sure. That, well, thanks so much, Lana. If uh, do you want to give out like a Twitter or a LinkedIn handle if you want? Um, sure. Uh, my Twitter handle is at lanalizer three one four. Okay, that's good. Okay, then, thank you so much. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> and then you can find Lana Lee, you know, Zora on LinkedIn. I'm sure everybody knows how to figure that out. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and then you is me too. It's a uh, JV Summers at, on Twitter. And you can also find me on LinkedIn or, or uh, come check us out at the graziti.com. Uh, so thank you so much, Lana, for uh, joining us for an episode of Community Talks. And uh, awesome. we'll talk to everybody uh, next week. Have a good one.